and welcome to the Trash Tapes podcast as part of the Enigmatic Productions Network. If you love bad cinema and incredible deep dives into cult film, then you have come to the right place. So if you like what you hear and want to support us, you can do so by donating some funds to our Buy Me A Coffee website, along with the ACAR supporter feature. All of these can be found in the description below. And now, on with the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Orbi has nothing to fear. The Incredible Hulk will not be presented this evening. And welcome to another episode of the Trash Tapes. One man's trash is another man's treasure. I am your host today, Johan Schiphol and the Afflictor of Pain. And today is a very festive episode because it's Christmas. And you know what? The best thing to do is to torture my friends by giving them the present of pure terror. Ladies and gentlemen, first of all, I'm going to start off with my regular co-host, my victim and DJ, Edward Harvey. Hi there. Hello. (laughs) That's my... uh, I think I should just do the whole episode like that. Don't, don't. You nearly busted the mic by doing that. I think you might have made everyone who's listening run off now. But yeah, it's... uh, (laughs) Wouldn't be the first time. It wouldn't be the first time. But yeah, how are you doing otherwise, other than being a Wookiee? All right, I'm feeling very festive. We did our Batman Returns video, like, recently, and I'm just, I'm fully... Fully into the Christmas spirit now. Good. Um, and I'm hoping to break that Christmas spirit with watching this with watching this movie. And today, we are not doing this just as us two. We brought, basically, the third one, as some people may call it. The um, third one, <laughs> yeah. That's it. Some people would call it. Thanks. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. So, uh, yeah, so for this one, we decided to have a full round table with us free. So Greg's joining us today to go through the torture with us. How are you doing? Greetings, I'm doing very well. Thank you very much for having me on your side of the uh, enigmatic woods, as we say. Yes. Um, what the hell did you make me sit through and watch? You Something bastard. very, very holiday themed. Of course yeah, it is. Clearly. clearly. Something and, very I mean, I think, I think, to be honest, I think Ed's actually onto something there because we might as well, the three of us, have a discussion as Wookiees because that's what about 60, 70% of this movie, movie was. Well, let's talk I feel, about. I feel like I should have prepared you for that Wookiee sound. Though. I you probably killed the mic. 
You've deafened half of it. But point so, being, you, might, you just might want to lower the mics down just a little bit. Just for this one. <laughs> just for this one. You know, how about just switch just it off? Up. How about just switch it off? Uh, no, <laughs> but yeah, the re- okay, we're, we're already teasing what we're doing, but this is very, very easy, right? This is the thing. For some people, especially, like, you know, um, everyone, everyone loves a Christmas special. Everyone likes a Christmas kind of feeling. And you know what? One of the things that was for a while, you know, there was for a little branch of time, there was a Star Wars movie around Christmas Christmas period for the last five or six years or so. And there isn't one this time around. Well, for reasons, obvious reasons. So I decided to talk to you both by doing this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're going to talk about the Star Wars holiday special. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus oh. Christ. The Star Wars holiday special. Starring Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. Harrison Ford as Han Solo. Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia. With Anthony Daniels as C-3PO. Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca. R2-D2 as R2-D2. And James Earl Jones as the voice of Darth Vader. Introducing Chewbacca's family, his wife Mala, his father Itchy, his son Lumpy, with special guest stars Beatrice Arthur, Art Carney. Carol, the Jefferson Starship, Harvey Corman, and an animated Star Wars story on the Star Wars Holiday Special. This is something I've actually been wanting to do for a while. I have never seen it until recently i've heard about it i've really heard a lot about it i've heard people review about it heard people poo poo it i have never seen it and also the fact since i'm not the biggest star wars fan at least to me i'm not huge right i watch the movies and i like the movies but you won't see me walking watching the tv series though i do like baby yoda but that's the whole point i'm not a hardcore fan so i never felt like i had to watch it now I was thinking, you know what? I've been holding off for too long, basically. I need to watch this. So that's my little history on it. How about you guys then? This is, this is both of you, your first times watching it. So how do, how do you feel about it before we get into it? Do you want to go first, Greg? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, sure. I can go first. So uh, big Star Wars nerd. I always have been. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Since the 90s, I've been quite frankly obsessed with the franchise with the universe i've watched every new movie as it's come out played pretty much every single well for the most part every single video game as it's come out mm-hmm. uh but this is something that i was aware of and i have been for many decades mm-hmm. and again much like johan in a way i just thought nah, you know what i'm just not going to bother with it and then i decided to join the enigmatic boys um that's the thing that happened a couple of years ago and trash tapes obviously is a big part of that mm-hmm. and I, you know, I've been, I've been, I've, been, I've even still, I've been putting it off and putting it off. And when you said we was doing this for this Christmas, first of all, I was like, well, you know, 
Okay, you know what? I've, I've kind of been put off. Maybe it's not as bad as it was. Maybe it's not as bad as people make it out to be. Yeah. And um, no, my initial thoughts <laughs> and feelings were right. I've literally gone 31 years without being tainted by this appalling hot mess of a movie. Um, and again, as always, Johan, damn you. Look, 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 I, I always feel like a good friendship is all to do with ribbing each other and putting people through torturous things together. And so you and I have done this together now, and now we should be best friends. So that's what I think this should be. This movie's made our friendship stronger. Thanks. That's Yeah, that's the exactly. Ed, how about you? Um, I'm a bit like you, Johan. I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan. I liked, I, I used to watch... Um, Empire and Jedi a lot as a kid. Those two. Return of the Jedi actually the most. I used to watch that because I just liked the fact that Luke was an absolute badass in that one. Mm. And uh, he, he was, he's got to the point where he's just like a master. So I, I just loved... I was a big Luke Skywalker fan as a kid. Uh, so I really liked Return of the Jedi. Uh, but since then, I, I mean, I've, I've seen the, the new ones when they've come out and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but not a huge fan. And when I first heard about this holiday special... I just assumed it would be like a TV movie and it wouldn't be, it'd just be slightly less production uh, and like just a bit of an average kind of TV movie. But it's like a variety entertainment show. I didn't expect it to be like, and they're such a time capsule. They're like something that's locked in the 70s and the 80s. You don't get that on TV anymore. It's like music and like sort of sitcom kind of actors thrown in there. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Do you know what it reminded me of? Sure. I assume you've seen the film Scrooge, right? With yes, yes. Yeah. You know the production of Scrooge that the film is doing? It's yeah. like, it's like a big variety show. And there's like all the sort of the cameo appearances at the start. It reminded me exactly of that. I just got that kind of vibe from it straight away. It is. It's just this time it's all in space. Um, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I also but, got pantomime vibes from it as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, that is, but I don't that. think that. But that's not entirely intentional. I feel no. that's not that's not intentional. That is all unintentional. I feel mm. so. Yeah, but here's the thing. I actually think we're all on the spectrum here. The idea that Greg, you're sort of the hardcore fan. I'm sort of middling in the middle. I do like the stuff. I do like some of the bits. But you won't see me going into full law, and I don't mind the law being broken a bit. And Ed, you're mostly into the older into the older movies because of because of you know Luke Skywalker and not and but you, when you said Return of the Jedi, I thought you're like, oh, I like the Ewoks but um <laughs> no well actually I did have the Ewok base hey. the, uh, the hey. <laughs> so yeah okay so that's yeah. the kind of so it's, it's interesting how we go we're going to tackle this from three different areas kind of so let's see the level of ridicule that this occurs now for all those who may be completely out of the loop of this, let me explain what this, the, the Star Wars Holiday Special was. So the whole, so yeah. <laughs> the Star Wars Holiday Special <laughs> is the is a 1978 American TV special set in the Star Wars universe. Right? It was it was directed barely, <laughs> barely, right? Directed by Steve Binder, Binder, but it was was previously directed by someone previously. But we'll explain that in a minute. It was the first ever official Star Wars spin-off spin-off movie set in the events between the original film and The Empire Strikes Back. All the main cast are back to a, to a degree, and there are some very interesting moments in this that introduce some interesting characters, some that stay, and some that would never be mentioned again. So when it was broadcast, it was broadcast, I believe, 1978, around the week of Thanksgiving. So, right. and it was only broadcasted once. 
Um, what a surprise. And at least in America, apparently according to other things like international distribution, they had a few versions that were out and about. Like it was shown in Canada the same evening as the one they did on CBS. Uh, and that was shown once again. It was also shown live in Australia and New Zealand uh, roughly around a week a week later from that. Um, about, about an hour, actually, no, it says according to this about... Yeah, about that, about about a week later, and then on new and on New Year's Day in France, nineteen so January the first, nineteen seventy nine, it was it was a dubbed version in French and trimmed down to only seventy two minutes. So we've cut out twenty minutes of this nonsense already. Um, so it was shown around and about, although I don't think it ever. I don't think this ever got broadcasted in the UK, did it? I don't think as so. As I can tell. No. I think I think we dodged a bullet with that one. Um, <laughs> I think we definitely... Telling me. But this is the thing. Because it only got broadcasted once, and I'll talk. we'll talk about the legacy and the reception of it later, um, people thought, you know, it died, right? And people thought it was like... It was like it was. It became a sort of a dirt, a dark, dirty secret in the Star Wars universe where no one wants to talk about it. None of the people made it. None of the people who were starring it want to talk about it. But it did circulate around around the underground scene through bootleg recordings. So people recorded this because, of course, you would. This was VHS at the time. People were saying, and now we're going to watch the. If you were a Star Wars fan and you heard there's going to be a holiday special, of course you're going to record that. So there's a whole bunch of people who recorded it and then and start passing it around. And so this was a cult hit, under uh, like underground thing from bootlegs. But really, it kicked off when the internet became a of thing. Of course. And then, of course, the internet became a thing. And this is what I think is so... This is what I think is actually quite kind of great. The fact that you've actually got the full movie on there, full bootleg movie on YouTube available for anyone to watch at any time for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that will probably be continued to be the case because if Star Wars, you know, Lucasfilm or Disney did ever want to pull that down, that would be them actually admitting that they own this shit. Yeah. So it's probably going to be stuck on the internet by whoever's put it up there forever. What was interesting though is like it, I, when I was looking for it on YouTube, I saw that there's like the best bits in 4K on YouTube as well. You can watch the best like highlights. Well, highlights. In, <laughs> in, 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 uh, oh, that's like, lumpy went. Yeah, yeah in 4K, great. but I guess they, that would have been kind of just sort of like in enhanced, like upscaled, because it, it never. How would it? How the hell would you get it in four K? The only thing I can think of is there somewhere out there there is a master tape. Mm. There must be a master tape, and that master tape is the thing that would have the highest uncompressed footage yeah. of this thing, and they must have had that in four K. But the point being is the internet because because the, the thing the secret that that George Lucas and everyone else tried to bury right is now available on the internet for all to see and it is yeah it's yeah because this is the thing the internet doesn't let things go so so if you've got something like this it's going to come up eventually and then if you get if you get rid of that one it's going to come up somewhere else i know (laughs) whack-a-mole yeah it is whack-a-mole So yeah, talking about this though, there's a little bit of a history with this. So obviously we have to go a little bit further back. We have to go to obviously uh, May 25th, 1977, Star Wars Episode 4 comes out. Well, you know, it's just called Star Wars A New Hope comes out and does stupidly well. Although what I love about Star Wars is at the time before the movie came out, people people thought this was risky because they say like, because people think like, 
Even half the cast were thinking, this is kind of dumb. And some of the crew were thinking, like, this is a bit silly. And it wasn't until they do a master edit. There's a whole video about how this movie was saved in the editing. Um, It did gangbusters and did stupidly well, right? Because of all that, um, it kind of led down this pathway of loads of spin-offs things coming into play, right? They, you know, merchandise and people would and, and and people in character were appearing on TV shows, like doing like little bits and segments. So this was already yeah. happening. This was the merchandise train was running for it. Okay. What happened was is that eventually, around July 1978, there actually was funding for this. So Lucas got funding for Empire. He did it with his. He did it a lot of it with his own money, though. So George Lucas said, "Right, we're going to do Empire." Right. So he's already full focused into doing the sequel. Okay. Mm. But around this time, CBS approaches them. So CBS approaches them, saying um, that we want to do something. We want to do a sort of a spin-off sort of thing for this because obviously Star Wars is big, and they want to catch up on that. And they want to do something special. And in America, has a very big thing about Christmas specials. There's always been holiday specials. They still kind of do that. There's always holiday episodes. And I think, you know, on the UK TV, that caught on as well. But they have the famous ones that everyone sort of nostalgically talks about. So CBS says, right, we want to do that. And plus, if you do a really good holiday special, it's something they can play every year. And extra, you know, that's where mm. the money comes in. You've got programming. Milk it. Milk you, that cash cow. You've got programming for ages, right? One of the ideas was, is actually saying, coin to Wikipedia and a few things involving IMDb and my little article I've read. It says, while outlining the original Star Wars and planning for potential sequels, George Lucas actually did imagine a whole film just focusing entirely on the Wookiees and nothing else. So he actually wanted to do a Wookiee movie at some point. I think he kind of got that with the Ewoks, but that's something entirely different. Um, <laughs> so, that's entirely fucking, yeah. Yeah, we're talking about, yeah, yeah the Ewok movies movies and cartoons that's for another so, show that's for another show um but yeah but after the but, but but that was the thing he had in his head and he wanted to do this so when he was approached by cbs because he was busy doing empire he kind of pitched them this idea um he actually said like okay um we could do a holiday special um and so on. So at this time, ready, uh, I think it was Charles Olympincott, who was the head of marketing for the Star Wars Corporation, because that's literally LucasArts, basically, was part of that thing. CBS came up with the idea for a TV special, approached him and Lucas, although there was a lot of dispute about who approached who first, whether it was CBS pitching the idea for this or George Lucas was running around trying to do this while he was doing that. Apparently, everyone agreed on that that a holiday Christmas TV special was a good idea. They thought this was going to be good. But Lucas was already way too busy moving on to production with new locations and everything else for Empire. He was already too busy. He was busy Mm. writing it. I'm glad he focused on the right thing. Yeah. So what happened was he was, which means he was not heavily involved in the special. So according to uh, the uh, Lucasfilm producer, Gary Coots, he said that it did start out with a far better script, right? It actually started out a lot better with a different script. We had a half a dozen meetings with a TV company that was making it. In the end, because of the work of promoting Star Wars and working on Empire, we realized we had no time for this. So we just let them and just had an occasional meeting with them, uh, providing them access to all the props, the actors, and some of the sets. But that's it. 
That's what he claims to be. So he claims he just said, like, George Lucas pitched him the idea and went, go. You yeah. do this, I do mm. Empire. So so, so that kind of explains why our first ever look at the world of Kashyyyk, the homeland of the Wookiees, is basically just a drawing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> like the worst map painting ever. Well, it's actually, it's a paint. If it, if it was just a painting, I'd be fine, but it's meant to be an actual, like, location. Yeah. <laughs> it's an actual, actual tree house. 3D, you know, volumetric location. So yeah. it's just a picture. And this is, the, this is the weird thing, like, this in this, because... This is only the second Star Wars production, really, ever. Yes. Yeah. Like this is the first time you see Kashyyyk, so the home world, something you don't actually see in the movies until you know you didn't see till decades later in two thousand and two, mm-hmm. the Attack of the Clones, um, or was it the third one? Could have been the third one. But anyway, um, this is the first time you see it, and it's just a fucking drawing on top yeah. of that as well. Two of the greatest assets of the Star Wars universe: me, one Kashyyyk, and second of all, again, mm-hmm. cartoon Boba Fett. Yeah. Mm. But and yeah, we're introduced to these two things, but it's yeah, it's under the shine of like we don't we can't do anything as big as budget as a big movie does because it's TV money. So that's one yeah. thing. Now, when we're talking about the Wookiee stuff, like we already mentioned that George Lucas imagined a film with Wookiees, right? He wanted that. George Lucas, though he was un- although he's not credited in any of this. Other than just saying, you know, characters by. He's not credited to doing any of this. Um, It was his idea to build a narrative completely around Chewbacca's family. And Chewbacca's family is now, at least the idea of of Chewie having a family is canon. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's actually canon. However, CBS hired hiring a whole bunch of writers and producers generally found this very difficult because, and I quote, especially from including a famous writer called Bruce, uh, Bruce Valanche, right? was concerned about the decision of centering an entire special on the species who grunt in a fictional language without subtitles. But George did not budge on this vision and said, no, you do not, you can't give the Wookiees subtitles because we are not planning on giving Wookiees subtitles, okay, in any of the movies. So George said, no, we want, <laughs> we want Wookiee movie. CBS goes, but we can't do this in foreign language. It's like, that's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, when when you've got like che- just Chewbacca and usually Han Solo, he knows what he's saying, so we always know what Chewbacca's saying because yeah. he's like translating it. But when you've only got Wookiees talking to each other, there's no one there to step in and go, "Actually, this is what you mean." And it's it, very it's like, awkward. Do <laughs> like, do we? No, but that's the thing is, like, this is why the most of the movie, this is the thin line between all the segments, is always interrupted by actual English-speaking actual yeah. people Actors. to sort of, otherwise you're going to have what basically is an over-elaborate slapstick mime show where it's just people pointing at things, hoping you get it, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I kind yeah. of got, I kind of got the vibe a little bit. Like I, I think, okay, this reminds me a little bit of something. Do you remember the? Um, I think it was the Clangers. Was the Clangers the one in yeah. the, the ones yeah. on the moon? Yeah, the ones on the on the, on the moon. With yeah, the ones on the moon with the spaghetti. Yeah yeah, yeah, with, yeah, yeah, with the spaghetti dragon and all that stuff, right? Yeah. The, the first few episodes of the Clangers had no narrator on it. And the reason why was because the creator of the show and everyone else thought that this language would have been picked up by kids. Like this mm. fake language would have been picked right. up by kids over time. But then they realized that didn't work. And it was just a bunch of, ooh, 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 just a bunch of noises for about five episodes. And everyone was getting confused. Like, right, we have to add a narrator in. Otherwise, we're not going to understand this. And it's just a bunch of noises. Um, and What's I Pingu's f- excuse? 
Yeah, I, I suppose pingo. there's a lot of examples, like Teletubbies yeah. as well. Teletubbies. Yeah. No, well, but even with Teletubbies, there's, there's still a narrator that goes, always had a narrator. what is this? Oh, yeah, there's, I guess so, yeah. There's always <laughs> something that explains oh, God, it. Please have Johan voice Teletubbies. Do the narration <laughs> for Teletubbies. That'd be fantastic. Like, Ooh, Oi, what is this? <laughs> oh, what is this, I wonder? <laughs> Let us go, Poe. Johan doing Brian Blessed. so yeah but yeah it kind of feels like that's the thing i think that's why i think he personally didn't want to give them any subtitles because you're not supposed to understand them because of course because he's not credited on anything it means he's he can wash his hands of it and say he had nothing to do with it and also, speaking of uh, people not being credited, I see David Prose getting the shit end of the stick as well again. Yep. <laughs> and the voice of James Earl Jones. And David Prowse as, as, as the body of Darth Vader. The nah, voice nah, of James nah, Earl Jones. <laughs> nah, it doesn't matter. Oh, everyone oh everyone God, likes the he's voice. He's been shat on by Lucas for 40 fucking years. May rest in peace. Now, just to throw a little bit more into that, those scenes with Darth Vader that pop in every so often, there's some scenes which are actually uh, scenes that were on the cutting room floor from the original movie. Yeah. So they you, just you got some old... You see that in other places as well. Because you can kind of tell in because space. the quality looks better. Mm. Um, <laughs> it looks like, oh, there's production value. No, that's because it's from the original Star Wars movie. Oh. It's, 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 also, it's also the case as well in the earlier scenes when... Um, and Solo and Chewie are in the Millennium Falcon and they're being chased after by Imperials. That does not look like. <laughs> no, because the thing is, like the actual space from the exterior of the ship being chased after by all these, you know, yeah. starships and whatnot, that they are, again, cutting room floor cuts from the, from the original movie. In fact, in fact, there's even some scenes in there which made the final cut. They've just been replicated again for this yeah. uh, Christmas special uh, or holiday special. And um, the scenes inside the ship obviously are new and you can tell because it looks like the interior of the uh the interior of the ship is mm. is very different to what it looks like in the movies it looks like a uh a bbc it looks 70s. like red dwarf doesn't it? it looks like it looks like red dwarf yeah i was gonna go with doctor who from the 70s but yeah, i was red gonna dwarf say even worse yeah, I was going to say even worse. It's a bad movie film fan. It reminds me of the cockpit in Plan Nine from Outer Space. It doesn't look like it. It doesn't look <laughs> yeah. like anything. It just like like a couple of boards with some things painted on and and, and a curtain, and that's it. That is the cockpit. <laughs> and a lamp. <laughs> and a lamp. That's it. That's all that it is, right? That's it. I'm turning back. I know your family's waiting. I know it's an important day. We'll give it a try. I'll set short coordinates. We won't jump far. I'll get you back there in time, pal. Trust me. Our only hope now is to outrun that Imperial garbage scout, though. I'm going to light speed. That's the spirit. You'll be celebrating life day before you know it. Stand by. Here's where we say goodbye to our unpleasant friends. This actually had two directors. Right. right now, the first director was Dave, was David Akumba, who uh, was brought on to make us to make a because it was brought on by by them to try and make a different kind of variety show. Right, Akumba, who was also who was a classmate of George Lucas, so he did this a bit as a favor. Was let's just let's just put it this way: he was unfamiliar with how TV worked. In other words, he was unfamiliar with multi-camera setups. He didn't know how to do that. He just like, I only work with one because I be film student. So he doesn't understand how to do multiple so, cameras. Yeah. So he's, 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 so again, like very much like a T. So, but, but hang on a minute. 
So you say this guy came from more from filming from, t- uh, from filming movies as opposed to TV. Yeah, so basically, but TV uh, TV was more used to using sort of hard cam back then. Yeah, yeah like a like, like a pl- filming it like a play kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, what, bas- so what's what's his fucking excuse here? Basically, <laughs> he basically he was a classmate of George Lucas from the USC Film School. So he was a snobby right. film school person who said, "I only work with the fancy one camera setup because why do we need two? So he didn't understand that you could frame. You have to do things like framing for multiple cameras and i think that caused problems he also felt a (laughs) very distinct divide between himself and the producers and so he chose to leave within the first week and the only thing he and the only two parts he filmed were everything involving the cantina and jefferson starship everything else (laughs) that's all the two things and you know what it makes sense because it's it's yeah i don't know it it, it makes sense that that one just feels like the less tv ish yeah. thing. Yeah. I would say so. Mm. Um, but then it was replaced by Steve Binder, who was only in contact with George Lucas, using was only in contact with Lucasfilm by something called the Wookiee Bible. So the Wookiee Bible basically was a detailed book <laughs> just detailing how the species looked and behaved. And just right. said, run with that, please. And so basically you have to blame this guy for maybe either reading the Wookiee Bible wrongly or not understanding how Wookiees work or maybe really actually understanding how Wookiees work and we have to blame George for this. So it says, here, this is how the Wookiees behave. This is their culture. This is everything Make else. Work. Make it work. Um, which was, yeah, that was a, that, yeah, that was a nightmare. Um, um, and also, there's a few more things I can throw in here. One of the writers for this special was Bruce Valanche, who admittedly actually said this, and I love it. He opened up and saying, like, during that time, he did actually uh, was incredibly high on cocaine when he wrote the draft for his, <laughs> for this script. Well, finally, I could one, never thing tell. This, one thing about this movie that makes sense. I mean, clearly he was high on cocaine. Yeah. There was also a couple of people that were that the, that the people wanted in there as well, and things didn't get, things didn't pan out or whatever. Because there's some interesting casting choices for some of the some of the some of the newer characters. One of the characters, um, I believe, is basically the guy who plays multiple characters, which I believe is 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 Harvey Corman, right? There was a couple of little interesting things. Like, do you know who was going to play that beforehand, but the producers turned him down? Go for it. Robin Williams was going to play those roles instead. No. But the producers turned Robin him down. Robin Williams would have been brilliant doing that cooking show. Yeah. Yeah, but. that would have been really good. I mean, he was doing like more Comindian stuff, wasn't he? That about I think that sort at that of time. Point he wasn't too yeah, big of a thing yet. Yeah. So like, nah, he's fine. We're gonna get we're gonna get Harvey Corman instead. Um, but other than that, and this is just pretty stir, obvious. Stir, 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 whip, stir. We'll carry on in a minute, but. <laughs> The reception was very, pretty much, as you can suss it, very unkind. Uh, everyone basically calling it that I'm not convinced this, confession, this special was ultimately written or directed by anything other than a sentient bag of cocaine, which uh, that's literally what one person wrote. Um, other people, there's also a book talking about uh, about this, which was uh, David, David Hoster, I think it's Hosted, who wrote, what were they thinking? The 100 dumbest events in television history ranked this as number one, calling it the worst two hours of television ever. Yeah, fair. That's a fair assessment. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with him. Now, the thing is, what's more interesting is the reception from the cast and crew. So yeah. George Lucas hated this. And this is the thing. This is what the he says, she says. And a lot of people from CBS said, but we gave you dailies to watch. 
That's what CBS says. But then George Lucas said, we never did such a thing. We already had a couple of meetings and that's it. I left it in your hands. But there's a, but we gave you dailies. You, you, you had to tick it off. I bet you it's a combination of both. I bet yeah. CBS did send him all that stuff, but he's too busy. Yeah. To look at the sign off, yeah. To sign him off Clearly. properly and just said, it should be fine. They're CBS. They're, they're good TV. They should know what they're doing. Yeah, they don't. But so, yeah. So, but then when he saw it, he was completely unhappy with the results. And in 1987, Lucas Reporter said the special is like, I believe, I believe it was released on videotape. I'm not sure if they're going to ever rerun it on TV or not. And he did say that if he had, if he had all the tapes and a sledgehammer, he would destroy every yep. single tape that ever existed. If he had of the time, this. yeah, he said this. Yeah, he would purposely destroy it, uh, which is absolutely hilarious. Um, but there's some of the things of note as well. Harrison Ford. Didn't want to do this in the first place. He was oh, he was basically sort of goaded in yeah. by CBS and a few other people say, come on, come on, buddy. Come on, come on, come on. And you can see in his performance, he has absolutely no interest in being there. And he actually- they, they, To be honest, they all seem in unison about this. Because there's the, there's the Harrison Ford, the, um, I don't know if you've seen the uh, Conan O'Brien interview from like yes. the 2000s. Yeah, I've seen it. It basically looks like he wants to punch Conan for even bringing it up. Then, of yep. course, there's a, a famous interview there. Is it Anthony Daniels who plays C-3PO? Yes. As well, he's he's uh, he's very, very shocked and pretends like, no, like listen, you, you can't bring it up. You, you can't ask me about this. You said you wasn't going to ask me about this. Like, they, just, everyone just wants to wash their hands of it. And quite frankly, I would probably be in the same place. My favorite one of these is Carrie Fisher, because Carrie Fisher actually said that she was given a bootleg copy of this um, as a as a pres as a joke present. Oh, no. And I, but but then when she says it, she says that like she kept it and she used it and she used it to play at the end of a party to make people leave <laughs> so Dude, when she wanted people it. to go the holiday special went she on played that song at the end yeah just heard that <laughs> can i just say as well this this song confirms then that the actual star wars theme that they've added lyrics to in this has like, lyrics that that song actually exists in universe and also the can and yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the also song exists in universe with lyrics well they, they did they did do that kind of thing because don't you remember they they actually had like lyrics to the EastEnders theme tune and released they that did. as a song in the charts. Like oh. everyone can fall in love. They they do that a lot. <laughs> they do that a lot. Like here's the thing though. Like obviously we're going to talk about this in a minute a little bit. But obviously in the Cantina, you know that is a song in the universe, but it didn't have lyrics. Yeah. Apparently, no. be after decided to give it some Beyond lyrics. Decided to get lyrics. As the terrible whole, ones as well. Uh, it was a bunch of nonsense. In fact, all the lyrics in this whole thing. Mm. In, in every single song, quite frankly, it's terrible. And the only only one that is relatively acceptable is probably Jefferson Starship. And that's because they're not singing songs. Anything related remotely Wars. related to no. Star Wars is just about <laughs> UFOs just and shit. <laughs> but yeah, point being is that everyone hated doing this. And it kind of felt like they were more obligated by because of the fact that they thought the, the idea of doing a star wars holiday special like a proper like an actual tv movie in the star wars universe has a good idea but the only problem is when you've got even the people who are behind it not have not have any interest in it you're going to end up with something that seems a bit hapdashed and not even not even sure of what it's supposed to be now the whole point of it is like people thinking like, is it canon? No, there are only, there's none of this is technically canon. So that's good. There are only about how few can, things. But hang on. How can they say it's not canon? 
Like, who, who has the authority to say it's not canon? It happened under the Star Wars banner. Okay, so basically, this is the thing, right? So dis- originally, despite the unpopularity of the show, Lucasfilm did maintain its status as part of continuity, placing it sort of halfway through. So it, for a while, it did. It happened until then, until every, until until sort of the, until later on, it basically claimed that this all fell under what was considered the secondary level of canon. In other words, it's not right. uh, it's not really part of main canon. It's background noise and you don't need to see it to understand any of the movies, right? I suppose, That's the, they- last, I suppose the Last Jedi is not canon either. Oh, yeah. yeah, it always annoys me. It, it happened. It's out there. You can't erase yeah. it. it you just, can't erase it. Don't it's like, like when they happened. erase all the Halloween sequels. They still yeah. happened, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, to be, and, and, and to be fair, there is a reference um, to uh, the holiday special in The Mandalorian. It does. Yeah, it does have a little so ding on that. They can't pretend like it's not canon. So there are a couple of things, though, that they actually tried to cl- to be clarified of some things that would still recur in other people and other work, which are more on higher levels of canon. So Life Day is technically a thing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Life Day is a thing. Chewbacca's the tree, family. The, the, the tree of life, which yeah. is what Life Day all revolves around, yes. was actually plays a big role in one of the levels of uh, the most recent Star Wars uh game that came out um that name now completely eludes me uh uh come on I'm, I'm the games card the one that came out in 2019 the single player campaign for me ea was it uh something so i can't remember because <laughs> I, I, I i i don't know this so yeah you you, you i mean i've played it i've completed the fucking thing just for the you know the name's so that game it's in that, yeah, game. that game right yeah other level other things like maintain what we dominic monaghan so another, yeah that's the one i know that i know i, don't what, know I, know I can't think of it either i didn't play it though but yeah. <laughs> Jedi Fallen Order. Oh Thank God! God for that. There you On go. The tip right. of my tongue. There you go. <laughs> should we just re? Should we just re-record that bit? Uh, now nah, we're fine. We're not. <laughs> I want. I want the confusion. Um, yeah. Chewbacca's family members are all canon, okay, including Lumpy, um, and and then finally the technically and then and then a few other things as well. So they they basically Lucas maintained an internal continuity database called the Holocron. Right, yeah, and the holocron is what continuities things like Life Day, Chewbacca's family members, and technically the Boba Fett cartoon are all canon. Yeah. Right, yeah. they're all canon. Everything else can quite literally be swept under the rug, other than the old, uh, e- even the whole thing with the Empire and the, that goes through the episode. Basically, is not really seen as canon. So they basically picked out some bits which you could grow out of. Yeah, but yeah, everything else could literally naff off. Basically, Jefferson Starship isn't part of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> just accept it and just have a laugh about it. That's the best way. <laughs> yeah, but the problem is none of them do. <laughs> no, everyone hated doing this. So yeah, and other than other than like other bits and the other things did appear in later shows, movies, comics, games. We all know this by this point. Um, that's what's considered to be sort of canon and yeah that is the interesting weird backstory behind uh, behind the production of star wars the holiday special is there did they ever give any sort of a reason or explanation as to why uh they have about sort of six or seven different uh TVs dotted around this one Kashyyyk household. I think it's. I, I didn't give an explanation for reasons. Other that also than- could have English writing on. By the way, might I add? It's because right. 
they had to fill it in with something. Otherwise, it would have been Wookiees talking for the entirety of two hours. They had to fill it in with something. So basically, this house is completely full of TVs, in TVs and holographic images and a weird headset, all this stuff just to cut to a segment. Because you yeah. have to remember, this was originally designed to be a variety show movies, and yeah. not a movie. It's not a full narrative film. It's a variety yeah. show with a seed that builds in between. And so that's what we get with this piece of nonsense. <laughs> to me, did, did it to you guys? Did it seem like the whole thing is like padding? You know, like yes. you know, you know, you got yeah. a padded like a sequence. The whole thing is padding. It's just like yeah, the whole the, thing's padding. Yeah, from one from one section to another. There is there, about it's more padding. If you got rid of all the segments, which were honestly the better things in the movie, oddly enough, if you got rid of the majority of the segments and just put the whole family storyline squished together, that's 20 minutes. Mm. That's like 20 minutes, right? So it's a short film of... I don't know if people would tolerate 20 minutes of just Wookiees talking, but it's 20 minutes, right? It's not it's not nearly two hours. But yeah. I'm, I'm glad that I'm I'm glad it wasn't just Wookiees talking. I'm glad you got the section. You had sort of almost like the cameo appearances of Mark Hamill and then Gary Fisher. And you know, you had these different things to cut away. You can't deny there wasn't some variety in that. There was, but whether it was good is a different question. Now <laughs> This is what we want to say, first of all. Now, we're not going to, obviously, with uh, with the new sec- uh, structure of the show, we're not going to do the entire plot. In fact, there's no need to do a plot. Everything's in segments. But there is one underlying seeding thing, which is the idea that Chewbacca, with Han Solo, is trying to head home to see his family in order to... Uh, join them for life day so that's the whole thing so basically that's the main crux of the story and then we come back to the family sort of waiting on them to like you know to do stuff basically which um yeah basically seems like oh we're waiting for him hearing news about the empires locking things down and everything's you know and we they might not be able to come in and so on and we're introduced to the family yeah <laughs> let's talk about them um so We've got they've, got a, they've got a lovely shaggy 70s carpet, I will say. It match, it, well, it, the joke is, is like, hey, the curtains match the drapes. Uh, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's all fuzz. Um, so it's all green fuzz. It is green case. fuzz. Now, just to clarify, this is what they say in the thing, but I bet you this was retroactively added later on to give them the thing. So Chewbacca's family are Marla, who is the wife, okay? Itchy, who is the granddad, and the one that killed me when I first heard it, <laughs> there's the kid called, the kid is called Lumpy, right? <laughs> just, Everyone's favorite. All these favorite, depending on how you look at it. And then when I heard, when I first heard Lumpy, I cried because I said, going yeah. like, I had to stop. And it's like, no way are you ever going to call a kid Lumpy. But he does. He's called Lumpy. Well, um, you can hear Lumpy now you- if you want. You can hear, yeah. do you want to hear Lumpy? Oh, come on. I can't. And that at the end, that aggressive, like, demonic grunt was itchy, telling a lumpy off. It's horrendous. The thing is, right, like, this is clearly one thing they don't understand when they was coming to naming these characters. The name Chewbacca, well, the name Chewie obviously is short for Chewbacca, as we all know that, Mm. which is kind of a, you know, quite cool sort of alien, otherworldly name. 
But obviously we call him Chewy to sort of like, you know, humanise yes. him and, you know, you know, you big teddy bear Chewy, come here. Obviously they've just heard the name Chewy. They probably don't even know the name Chewbacca existed when it comes to design the names of the rest of his family, which is why they've got names like Itchy, Scratchy. <laughs> itchy, <laughs> Scratchy, Poochie. Um, <laughs> but actually, retroactively. Uh, retroactively they gave them actual names so afterwards they gave them actual names so marla's actually short for malatubuk right oh okay uh itchy is achi achi apparently i'm trying to pronounce these and lumpy is lumpawook so lumpawookaroo well they're better the full names yeah Yeah, but the problem is is like try and have everyone else say their full name it's really hard to that's why everything okay you're lumpy you're itchy, you're Marla, you're Poochie, you're all these names now because it's easy to do. Um, oh my God. Yeah, so yeah, so that is the start of it. So we're introduced to them and then they're, and they're the ones that sort of, we go, we spend all the time with, we spend all the time with them um, and if, basically waiting for Chewie to come back home, right? So that's the main plot of the whole thing that's kind of, in, and in between, it's people just getting ready for life day or getting distracted by things or whatever. And it gets, it's, this is where all the weird segments come in. And I do personally love some of them because they are just- So many. They're so weird. It's well, so weird. We're introduced to quite early on to the the first one, yeah. the bit where we, like Lumpy's running around annoying everyone, and yes. so Marla puts on, or is it Itchy? I don't know. One of them puts on this holographic circus show type of thing, yeah. and it's. I'll play a bit like you can hear what it sounds like. <laughs> Why, Ed? Why? Why? It's too soon! It's too soon! The funniest (sighs) thing about that sequence is there's these little holographic, uh, like, performers on this, like, uh, sort of desk-type area. And, like, you see, like, uh, Lumpy's intense face, like, looking at them from behind. (laughs) He's, like, wide out the whites of his eyes are, like, glowing. (laughs) Because these holographic tables are canon, because they're in the very first movie. And Mm. also in the the later ones where you see the Millennium Falcon, I think it's in Seven, Force Awakens. Yeah. You know, so, you know, they are canon, but they've taken it to the next step as well, because he seems to pull them out off the holographic table and then they become sort of human size next to the fucking table it's terrifying which is quite frankly terrifying did you notice yeah. as well so they the... take it to the full-on next step do you mm. notice as well that the buttons to operate it were clearly just one of those like top-down tape decks like this yeah, they were <laughs> I know. So, yeah because I, I, when i watch this like isn't that the holographic table they play chess in in the yeah. first movie well, sort of like you know like monster chess basically yeah. mm. i'm thinking, oh they play monster chess on this thing so this is the thing that does everything and i thought oh all right and then and then i, I then i sat there baffled because i said look at this weird circus of soleil shit <laughs> It's <laughs> just happening out of for no reason as a distraction while itchy what 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 while lumpy's human teeth by the way it looks so weird looking at lumpy's teeth i yeah. hate it i hate it i hate it so much it's scary just going it's like stop it's, it it's the music in that in that that, that yeah. kills me it's literally that 
It's nonsense. It's so bad. It's nonsense. And it goes, look, we can't poo-poo the idea of, look, having some Circus Soleil shit, it's great. Like, if you go, actually go and see actual Circus Soleil people, they're fantastic. But yeah. it makes no goddamn sense no. when in the first 10 minutes of this, you're suddenly forced to watch a completely random thing with a giant Wookiee looking at you, right? Mm-hmm. It It's weird. <laughs> Well, there are so many ridiculous sections throughout the whole of this movie. Yes. And I want to see if all, I think we, I think it'd be dumb to go through all of them, but let's, let's go around the table and let's talk about either any, any segments that you remember very vividly or, or, or a segment that you really liked. So let's go around the table. Greg, actually, let's go with you. Which, which segment did you actually like? There has to be one. Like is a very difficult word for me to work with here. There's, 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 I wouldn't say I liked particularly any of them, but there are two uh, of the segments that stick out in my mind. Yes. Now, the first one is uh, probably the section where you see uh, Luke and R2, uh, where they call them up to find out what, what's been happening and if, if, if what's going on with Han, Han and Chewie, are they still there? And well, first of all, Mark Hamill clearly was going through his David Bowie face at the time because. <laughs> How much makeup? He looks like Eddie Izzard. <laughs> Actually, Eddie Izzard's probably a better shot than David Bowie. Wow. Well, yeah. well, well, well let, me, let, me, let me throw a fact to her. Do you know why that was the case? Because Mark Hamill's face was heavily made up because he was actually recovering from re- reconstructive surgery after a near-fatal car accident. Oh, so right, he looks okay. like that. Oh, right, now, now I feel less bad. Yes. He, he nearly had, he nearly died from a car accident. So he, was yeah. suff- so he was going for reconstructive surgery. This is the first time that people have seen him after the surgery. So right. that's why he looks so different. It's and a good covered- look. He looks really pretty. I wouldn't <laughs> say it's a bad that's- look, no. I know he yeah, looks, but he yeah. looked but it's he looks extra young than he was in the first movie. Yeah. <laughs> so much foundation that everything. It was like wow, squeaky clean. So I've got because, a clip of him so, on that scene yeah, actually if you want to Please play. do. Give us a smile. You you don't know where he is? Oh, he's not there yet, is that it? Oh boy. Well, all I can tell you is that uh, he and Han left here on schedule. If he's not there now, they're way overdue. She must have been in trouble. Archie, <laughs> please, this is important. There's so many noises. Oh, in traffic. You know how Han and Chewbacca are. Anything could have happened. They could have, they could have stopped off somewhere or been held up by an asteroid storm. Listen. I wouldn't worry about Chewbacca. I know him and he hasn't missed a life day yet, right? <laughs> oh my god. I can't believe that I can't believe the one purpose of having Mark Hamill there, the, the protagonist from the first movie, the entire point of having him there is just to reassure Marla that they're stuck in traffic. I also think that his role was just to play with the smoke machine. Because yeah. I, <laughs> I think I yeah. think performance-wise, he's the one. It looks the most convincing as as Luke Skywalker. He he, he looks like he's, yeah. he's he's not he's not too bad. He's he's not like too well, grumpy think, about it. Well, think about it. It's that scene is just 
there's only two of them be or two of the leads that have very little to do right yeah. and that is i mean mark hamill only has that one scene so he, he can put all his energy into it mm. and then just leave because that will clearly be done in half a day yeah. right and then carrie and then carrie fisher who other than the big song solo at the end which we will get to <laughs> um only has one weird ass segment where it looks like he's i mean there he is with C, there she is with c3po just talking to the screen about stuff and looking like she's in an office which is like where also, are you which, yeah, well it's oh, another yeah. like it's another facetime kind of situation yeah, isn't it yeah, it's a luke scene <laughs> yeah the only thing that stuck out to me in that particular scene is that she's making sure that marla's okay and then you know marla obviously shows that uh, the, the the trainer guy's there yeah going, oh yeah oh so you, you you say you're in good company i'm looking at this scene going listen that fucking walkie will do 10 times more damage than that what that bloke will ever do i know but then again, this is all adding law. This is the thing. This is the thing I want to ask, actually. Are we adding more law to it because of the later iterations of what we saw? Yeah, or, or, maybe. Or, 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 yeah, because, you know, now we, oh, we realize oh, actually the Wookiee race was a big, you know, powerful warrior race, blah, 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 yeah. and that kind of nonsense. But, before, you know, at the time, the, this is the second movie. Yeah, it's before these tropes were established. So could you do me a favor and send either Chewbacca or Han Solo to the screen, please? She says that she would like to grant your request, but is quite unable to do so. You mean they haven't arrived yet? She says there has been no contact. Yes, I think I understand her message. That Imperial Patrol must be giving them more trouble than we bargained for. Mala, are, are you alone? If you would permit me. No, she says she is not alone. She's with... Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I guess the, 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 the other scene uh, that I was going to say was either one or the other was, and I'll, I'll let you two open this up because it's probably somebody else's uh, mm. most notorious scene, and that would probably be the uh, space kaleidoscope porn. Okay, right. Okay, I was let me say talk that. about. I've got like two clips from that. Ed, Ed, I love it. Ed, I, I, I've served it up. I'll let Ed, you take this one. You have to talk about the weird random moment, which is clearly like weird space porn. It's space porn, right? Can I just, can I just go space porn? My granddad, granddad well, is yeah, being a dirty old man. In front of the in rest front of, the of the family. Right. Okay, and, right. I'll set this up. So, and, and, sure. and, diff- and different species as well, my dad. Yeah, but anyway. So yeah, and, the and. the trader type character played by like Art 
Carney, who's like a si- old sitcom actor, isn't he? Kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. He yes, comes yes. in and he's friends of the the Wookiee family, and he mm-hmm. comes in and he gives them all life day presents, and uh, all the others are just you can ignore the other presents. When he gives like Itchy his present, he kind of gives him a wink, wink, nod, nod, <laughs> like say, "Oh, this is a special <laughs> present." You know what I mean? Go on, son. Go yeah. on, and son. <laughs> he, he basically he puts his helmet on. He looks it looks a bit like one of those like. Um, you know those hair dry, old fashioned hair dryers in a salon. Yes, yes. He puts that on, <laughs> yep. and you see what he sees, and it's like it's basically like vir- it's like Pornhub before Pornhub, but like virtual Pornhub. It was. <laughs> so it's like porn VR, yeah, and you hear a bit of this. This is what you hear first. Oh yes, I can feel my creation. <laughs> That's so weird. I'm getting your message. Are you getting mine? Oh, oh, oh. Like we are excited, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Well, just relax. Just relax. Yeah. This was for kids, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We can have a good time. Oh, 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 they're gonna have a good time. Oh. It sounds like he's really wanking on that bit. It's so full bad. I'll tell you the secret. Oh, yeah, and that's, keeps, I find you adorable. That's him pressing the repeat button. He's pressing it again. He wants to hear that adorable. again. Adorable. Oh, please and call that me leads, adorable. That leads to a very 70s, like, James Bond-type title sequence of yeah. her singing. Uh, was it Diana Carroll or something? Yeah, or yeah. Dina Carroll. So, yeah, and the song's uh, called This Minute Now. Yeah, apparently. and this, I'll play it. I've got, like, about 20 seconds of that. So James Bond. Yeah, yes. incredibly. I think it was the only section throughout this entire feature where I was like, hurry up and get to the music. Please, hurry up and get to the music. Then I could live my whole life So weird. It's weird I mean, that it's here. I, I, it's beautiful though, that song. But it's, it's great. Not, but it's good song, <laughs> it's, but it's not Star Wars. No. <laughs> it's James Bond. This is what I'm saying. Is it, it was literally the only time in the entire throughout the whole time watching this where I was like, I can't wait for us to get to this music section. Like, we just need to hurry up and get through the space porn. Let's get to the music, please. Because the, it was getting us, get music, music. It was getting weirdly uncomfortable for that bit before the song comes in. And like I said, good song, weird, you know, weird kaleidoscopic things. But that was not Star Wars at all. And the fact that it was basically weird fantasy space porn where grandpa thinks up of a sexy person to sing to. Uh, yeah. Weird. Okay, what am I... What, okay, I'm going to go around to another segment that I actually... I remember this vividly for some reason. Right, it's everything in the cantina, right? I kind of right. like... I ca- Look, okay, number one, just throwing things out there. I love the Golden Girls for having B. Arthur there, just like, whoa! So she's great. Don't get me wrong. It's great. And then it's great. And the whole idea is like, oh, the empire is putting a curfew in, which means all bars have to close. The cantina is closed, which is a big thing. Oh, no, yeah. the cantina. If it is, if it's the legit, it's not the legit same cantina, but it kind of feels like the cantina is closed. And so in order for her to get them to leave, she sings a song 
um, called Goodnight But Not Goodbye, using, set to the Cantina Band's theme tune. (laughs) Um, And it kind of works, but it kind of works in that kind of old school show tune Kind it's very cabaret, thing. isn't it? It's very cabaret. Yeah. It's kind of that kind of vibe. Where, you need some you leg know, kicks to it, don't you? Exactly. You'd like fishnet stockings. It kind of feels like it needs that. But it's weird when you see people in alien outfits just and saying like, hey, you know, a last, you know, all the last round, everybody. Hey. Um, are, we really gonna, are we really going to discuss this whole scene without talking the fact that she uh, poured a drink into a guy's head? Oh, I hate him. He, he's a bit oh. rapey in one bit as well. He like he grabs her like, oh, I just want to need you. <laughs> Gets a bit rapey. It does. He's horrible. When I left here the other night, I felt something that I haven't felt in longer than I care to remember. I felt alive again. Someone made me feel like all the years I've lived meant something. And all he said was six simple words. Come back I'll be waiting. After all, only words. Oh, I probably more than words. I knew that at the time. That's why I went home and thought and thought about what you said. Oh, what did I say? It, it doesn't matter, silly. What you said is not as important as what you meant. Oh, what did I mean? And I decided what you meant was exactly the thing I needed to hear. Well, I'm glad about that. You know, it's funny. A man can live as long as I have through all the ups and downs. And just when he thinks it's all over, someone cares for him again. I wasn't looking for that when I came in here. Maybe that's why it it happened, because I wasn't asking for love anymore. I wasn't desperate. I wasn't begging, whining, groveling, sniveling. I just came in here for a drink, and I found a lot more. Uh, Yeah, the idea is because his species... His species, his species don't understand compliments. So the whole point, of, that's what the vibe I think it got. His species yeah. don't understand compliments. So, he, you know, B. Arthur says to everyone, it's like, you know, come back next time. I'll be waiting for you. You know, that's the whole thing. Like she says, if people leave, so he took it like, literally and yeah. says like, oh, you must love me. So obviously it gets a bit handsy. But then afterwards, you know, as a, as a consolation at the end of it all, you know, they pour a drink into his head because he has a volcano for a head. And uh, he's the only person left standing at the end of the whole song where everyone leaves and gives him a flower and gives her a flower at the end of it as it kind of fades away into whatever nonsense with the Wookiees oh. are. I've got, oh. a clip of the, I've got a clip of the song if you want to hear the song. Go a little on. bit of the song. Not really, but okay. Go on. <laughs> Jazz hands. You need jazz hands for this. I love the bouncy bass. <laughs> it's literally that. It's a bit yeah. cabaret, but it's also a bit like uh, we'll meet again. Yeah. No, no it's, way. It's a bit cockney exactly. like knees up, isn't it? Like. It's a little. It's a little like 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 I said. Like there's the thing. The song is good. I actually think it's all right, but it doesn't work in this thing. No. It. Yeah. So oh. that, that's that's one of my memorable segments is the B Arthur Cantina scene because because it's a slice of life thing. It seems more like an actual like skit in the universe. It doesn't really link to anything, and it could work on its own if it had a bit more polish. But it didn't have any polish because it's a Star Wars holiday special. Like and who the, give it polish? And the set looks good on in that, doesn't it? It, it looks, looks pretty good. It? Not bad. Does Not it? bad. It, 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 it looks, like as, comparatively. As comparison, yeah, compared to every other set in this. 
compared compared to the Millennium Falcon cockpit, that (laughs) I would if you told me that was the cantina, I'd go, I'll allow it. I'll oh yeah, the it. cockpit is like something made in on Art Attack. <laughs> this is what I made earlier. This is um, an Art Attack. This <laughs> is Art Attack. And, it's, and, and I'm just seeing Neil Buchanan just going to bring, bring, you, bring Neil in a Buchanan cockpit. Neil Buchanan wouldn't look out of place in this. I mean, everybody else is there. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I don't feel a big red jumper with a Scouse accent is missing from this. Production. <laughs> I love uh, Jefferson's starship, but no. the thing is, the, the way that he is shoehorned in, though, because yeah. like when the the oh, yeah. Empire like the soldiers come to like look for Chewbacca at the Wookiee home, and like uh, they, the, the trader guy just distracts one of them by well, showing for no him reason, just showing like, him thought, like just just sit here and distract re- him so you could try and escape or get them out or well you know hide Chewbacca somewhere else. Like, there's no reason for distracting him because all they do is just sit there and watch him watching the telly. So this, this is, is like a 70s version of an iPad he sits in, fr- in front of and he plays a bit of this. <laughs> and they've got literal glow sticks and everything. Yeah, but they're always so glowy, though. It's like a, it's like that sort of like neon pink overlay going over the instruments, isn't it? What, what happened? Yeah, yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. Again, really good, but not Star Wars. Although, this does, does, does this mean that there is space metal in Star Wars? No, because it's not canon, remember, because they can decide what's yes, canon yes. and what's not canon. But it's not what canon. I will say, actually, is throughout the whole... Let's just look at the movies, right? Yeah. Just the movies alone. This is probably the best music I've heard in a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Because trying to think of other examples... I mean, obviously, there's the cantina music, which is timeless classic. That's great. But yeah. in terms of, like, an actual, like, band playing, like, with lyrics, like, the only thing that I can think that comes relatively close is in Jedi... And it mm. would have been one of the remastered versions. You know when they've got the band playing inside Jabba's uh, palace? Yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, that's probably wah! the only thing that comes close. Yeah. yeah I mean, with, that, that one. with yeah. Star Wars, that's you don't really need... With Star Wars, you yeah. don't really need songs because the John Williams score is just so great. So you, don't, you don't need, like, songs, but... But if you're going to do it, this is probably the best one. But here's the the thing, though. Like, you kind of think it would be sort of related to the Star Wars universe in some way because apparently it's a band in the universe. No. Mm. The song is called Light the Sky on Fire, but it's but it's actually has nothing to do with it. Very again, it's very metal sounding. But it's not um has nothing to do with it. The original working title of this was called Cigar-Shaped Object Vanished Without a Trace. It's all about just UFOs. That's all what it is about. It has nothing. The, it, the song could, the song did eventually get re- released uh, later on in, uh, in in a Grace Hits album, uh, so you can you can get this song as such. Uh, so if you want, if you just want to jam to this tune, which I'm not gonna lie, I do like it, it's a good jam, but it's not. Again, it's not Star Wars. It's no, so it's random. But it was uh, quite it was quite cool, especially like they had that sort of like neon pink overlay like coming off of the instruments whenever they like. I could barely. It was cool, but I could barely see things. I could barely see things. So (laughs) half the time was like, "This is just all pink now." (laughs) (laughs) It was just a big neon blur. But (laughs) during the performance as well, it's like cuts awkwardly back to the soldier watching, nodding along. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) 
the whole thing is, I bet it was like, obviously the song wasn't there at all. So this happened, I think that scene must have happened a lot earlier on, obviously. And yeah. they just yeah. like filmed this thing here. We're going to add a free D Jefferson starship here. So just nod and bop your head as if you're doing it. And it's like, you can clearly see like he doesn't know what to do, why he's, why he's watching. Right. So he doesn't know what he's enjoying. And it's just like, you just, he's, he's batting out of time. He's nodding his head. He's doing like, a, uh-huh. And like... <laughs> So he looks. He looks more confused, like it's, we are. It's no worse than that. It's, it's no worse though than uh, the actors waiting for dubbed uh, audio to come from Darth Vader, though, because the amount of times when he's speaking and yeah. his hand gestures are out of place, or when hmm. you know, um, Ewan McGregor's looking above where Jar Jar Binks's head is. Yeah, you know. So I'm willing to sort of forgive something like that because in the in the mainstream movies they've made worse mistakes than. <laughs> Him just not knowing what to nod his head to. <laughs> okay, also, just two interesting factoids while we're here. First of all, number one, this is the first time that James L. Jones was credited for being the voice of Darth Vader. So this is the first time he wasn't credited in the original Star Wars. Really? It was supposed to, no. In the original draft. In the, yeah. origi- in the, in the original yeah. Star Wars, in the original version of it with the credits, he was not credited because he wanted to keep the voice a secret. It was only until... Uh, but it's only until this one where he's actually credited as the voice of Star Wars. And also, speaking of first, which I want to talk about, can we talk about the introduction of Boba Fett? Yeah, we sure can. That's which the is, only bit that's not silly. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. It, it's actually... Although, the, although, although the drawings are a little bit bizarre. Like, like like this animation, they, yeah. They, they, look, they look like they were draw, drew by someone who watched it like four weeks ago and he's just drawing them from memory. It has Han Solo a, looks like Mick Jagger. Got very long stretched faces, haven't they? Yeah. It does look a little bit like that. It's like, it's, it's very, uh, it's, it's, it's very Banshee. Is that kind of yeah. vibe kind of look to it? Um, but, but, but like you say, it's, it's the very first introduction of Boba Fett that we actually get because again, the remaster that I think you, you do see Boba Fett in A New Hope, but that's only in the 1997 remaster. Yeah. Because originally on the very one of the very first versions, it was basically a man who played Jabba the Hutt who visited Han Solo at Tatooine, yes. and, um, and and none of the rest of them are there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this is the very first viewing of him, and I, I do remember it being discussed. Actually, it was like probably on Attack of the Clones. Uh, yeah. Uh, spe- uh, special features to the DVD that when I was a big nerdy Star Wars kid, I used to watch like endlessly. So I actually had seen this cartoon All right. as part of a documentary in there. Mm. So yeah, well, that was the very first introduction. And well, this is the thing uh, then. So it's quite and, a good one, in a way. Well, this is the thing then. This is kind of arguing there must be a master tape somewhere because yeah. this is, out of the special, this is the only thing that has survived and has stayed. And it's actually, you can watch it on Disney Plus and it's on certain DVDs and Blu-rays now. Like this whole, yeah. if you get the Star Wars yeah. complete saga, this cartoon is a special Easter egg that you can actually watch. And to be honest, it's because it's actually pretty, it's actually really good. Plot-wise, it's good. Everything's good. The I like the art style. I think it's quirky. Yeah. And well, it's very 70s, isn't it? It matches the art style of the time. And, and um, maybe it's just me. But this is the most that Boba Fett actually does in comparison to most yeah. of his movies. Because yeah. in, if you look at how he is in Empire and how you look at him in Jedi, I mean, Jedi gets eaten within the first five minutes. Um, yeah. Well, technically. <laughs> and um, and in and in Empire, he's you don't see him doing too much cool stuff. And in this yeah. one, he does a little bit more cool stuff. You don't like, see him ever use, the thing is you don't ever see him use a jetpack. No. 
And yeah, well, it, 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 you do it in Empire. Sorry, yeah. You, you, you don't see him use a jetpack. You, like you say, you do it at the very start of uh, of uh, Jedi when he might as well not have because he basically just flies into the mouth of the Sarlacc. But yeah, it must but, have really, uh, it must have really helped with the, the, you know, the fandom for that character. I would have thought a hundred percent. Yeah, because yeah. because uh, at least if, if because again, if this is the time this was considered canon, people have watched it or watched it on bootleg. They watched the cartoon, and it's like, mm. is, is and people think, oh, is he going to come back? Is he going to come back? And then when you see him in empire because i yeah. think that was always the case because george lucas must the, the cartoon must have been designed a lot earlier and probably yeah. by george because it must have taken a longer it takes a longer time to animate so yeah. George must have been, a, I think, he must have been a little bit more over on this, saying, like, we're going to introduce Boba Fett, we're going to do a very simple plot. The cartoon is actually called The Faithful Wookiee, which is very much in the same vein as the whole thing, because it's about Wookiees. Yeah. And, yeah, I think, honestly, it is really, really good. And it's... If, if anyone is ever... Now, here's the thing. Like I would say if anyone's going to watch the holiday special, you watch it for this. But now you can just watch the cartoon on its own on Disney+. Plus. So you might as well just watch the cartoon and avoid this. Well, there's the hot garbage. What is it, Mr. Luke? I'm not sure. You saved my life. Thank you. You are alone. I have two droids. We've come in search of a ship that crashed near here. Maybe I can help you. I am Boba Fett. The ship you seek is nearby. Are the Imperial troops near this planet? They are here, friend, and growing more powerful. How far away? Settle down. <laughs> all they do is eat. This is all we have, but uh, he's welcome to it. You are foolish to waste your kindness on this dumb creature. No lower life form is worth going hungry for, friend. I take it you have no love of the Empire. I don't. Well, neither do I. It will be easy to find the ship you seek. Follow me, friend. Uh, everything involving Harvey Corman, though, can naff off. <laughs> what was all of that? Oh, my God, yeah. So many of them. Like, okay. Where so, do you want to start? Okay, because every time he cuts to a TV segment, a lot of it's him, right? Yeah. He, yeah. he plays three characters, I think he does. He plays three different characters. So there's the uh, so there's the uh, cooking presenter. Oh yeah, that, that's great. I've got a clip of that. That's please. please let's please, play. Let's please. let's listen to that. So basically, Marla is doing cooking up the Christmas, the holiday, the uh, life, life day dinner, life day cake yeah. or something. And uh, she, yeah, she's watching a standard cookery show. Well, standard. standard. It sounds like this. It's, it's, it's a panto day. Yes. Step two. While we're stirring, we also whip. Mm. So it's stir, whip, <laughs> stir, whip, 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 stir. Stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Let's try it again together at an increased tempo because precision is very important in this recipe and we do want to have a fine consistency, don't we? So, and on the count of one. Stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Stir, whip, stir, whip, whip, stir. Come on, faster all together now. Cooking can be fun. This sounds so aggressive. Whip, 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 stir. Stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Uh, it's, it's so aggressive. Because yeah. she, cause, cause she's clearly, well, you know, Harvey Corman's playing like a, an, a, an, a, a cooking alien that grows like yeah. forearms. Yeah. And just, so stir, whip, pound, and I think something, it is yeah. a toss or something like that. So 
It's well, the, well, that whole segment can toss off. Yeah, it's just <laughs> reminded me of Goro, like Goro's wife <laughs> from Mortal Kombat. I'm just imagining Goro. It's like saying, "So, Goro, uh, how, how are you feeling now? That you're retired from Mortal Kombat? Oh, it's all fine. My wife's now just doing a cooking show. It's great. Oh, it's oh, wonderful, man. Oh, it's so good. I can imagine that as a parody like segment, almost like a Talking Head kind of documentary, like The, the Office sort of style, like interviewing Goro and. <laughs> How's the wife? The wife's got a new cooking show now. Have a look. Literally the whole thing for me, what I found, it was funny because it's nerve wracking, but the thing is because it's like this, this, this whole thing gave me like anxiety because he, exactly. she's just shouting commands at you. And I'm like, how am I supposed to follow this? <laughs> Marla seems uh, to be doing pretty good with it, though. Like, well, she's doing well, but I would not be able to manage that. And one no. bit that did make me giggle a bit is that because clearly the wig wasn't done properly, no. and halfway through the wig just starts to collapse <laughs> from the amount of whipping and stirring <laughs> that's like, occurring. Oh my god! It's, it's, like, it's like it's like obviously I know from the yeah. podcast you can't see this. It's kind of like how Johan's hair yeah. so it starts to come out of the side here. It's kind it of does like that, that kind a bit. Of deal. It kind of just destroys itself. <laughs> That yeah, that at that point on at that point, that for me was like this is the death of comedy as we know it. Um <laughs> This is where comedy died. Um so yeah, oh it's God. it's there's loads of little bits like that at the end of it where yeah, I kind of feel like everything with him just stopped. Like yeah. you have to pay attention to him, but it stops all the momentum that any of this had. And it kills it dead. And I'm so sorry for, you know, Harvey Corman. I bet you had a good payday. But my God, was you were you crap. <laughs> God, you were Definitely. crap. <laughs> yeah, finally, when Han and Chewie get back to the family, uh, I've Jesus got a, a whole segment of that. Let's listen to this and then talk about it. It's okay, yes. everybody. He's gone. How are you? Son's been doing your crotch. Saved my tail more than a couple times. Well, I'd love to, but I can't. I gotta get back to the Falcon before somebody stumbles across her. Hey, you look at Lumpy. I'm so tired. You're grown, huh? <laughs> if you look at Lumpy. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a chainsaw. I'm just teasing. <laughs> I gotta go. Right. Have a nice life day, but be careful. A lot of troopers in the area. <laughs> Chewy, check and see if the coast is clear, will you? And then stays there. You're like family to me. <laughs> Star Wars Holiday Special. Thanks for making it Harrison Ford officially uncool. I know. Well, after that bit, when he gets, says goodbye to Chewy, he gives him such a cuddle. Oh, I know. It's like, I'm not. Chewy cuddle. How nice would that be, though? I, really was, I was really envious of that cuddle. I'm, I'm, I'm having a mo- I'm having a moment where I'm thinking that maybe Harrison Ford like that was his last shot Harrison of the day. And so, and, and, size, I just yeah. get, it's like, look, I'm so glad I'm fucking going. I'm just I'm just gonna hug this for a while, man, because you're comfy, man. Um, but also that is the moment where Harrison Ford clearly didn't want to be there. And you can hear that in the entire performance; he doesn't want to be there. But here's the thing that happened just previously to that because at the time, at the time, one of the stormtroopers finds Lumpy doing the transmitter thing, and he's and she's and he's being stalked back. And you know. It, 
these railings, man, these wooden railings are made out of what? They have full of termites? Because I don't know, because earlier on in the film, you see Lumpy clearly just balancing along them like they're made out of solid no, steel. No, but no, but no, but it wasn't the real one. That was the matte painting. Matte painting's amazing. <laughs> right? But <laughs> the thing is, at that point... Paint. Yeah, literally at the point, like Chewie distracts, you know, the Stormtrooper, and then Harrison Ford just nudges him softly, and he flies off! <laughs> And it's like, well, that is yeah, dead. when he fight, when he he knocks out the stormtrooper, yeah, uh, it's like there's no sound design for that as well. You, you don't hear no. him hit him, which is like really shit. It's like a really like sort of light, like silent, like noise when he is. Yeah, it's like and, no and, noise and, and, whatsoever. Although, 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 one little Easter egg, there, it was the Wilhelm scream that oh, you yes. hear yeah, as he was, falls yeah. over. That's that's all so, it can do. Oh my god! And then let's just go right to the end. So right at the very end, finally, all the Wookies are together. Woohoo! And then it's the weird, very trippy uh, life day celebration, which suddenly everyone's back. Even though Han Solo did say, "Like I won't be here for life day," he totally was here for life day. He was here. And he, he lied. Actually, and 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 said, so "Like look, sir, I wouldn't miss this for the world. You're all my family." Family, but not like, <laughs> but not even, but not even in. He's, oh no, he's the too fast, too furious memes before they were a thing. Uh, you're, you're all my family, and but he's, yeah. you can see at that moment in his eyes, like I'm so, I so don't want to be here. I wouldn't be surprised if that was like the first thing they shot. So just just to get most of the big actors out of the way because it was the only maybe the only day they were able to get them together, and to just and then George and, and then basically uh, you know, Harrison Ford saying, "What have I signed up for?" What am I tied up for? Oh my god, I'm gonna have to do this whole thing. Oh god, and, and, I can't and, believe they made Carrie Fisher sing. But it's hilarious. It's we, he's, yeah. But again, it's like I said earlier. It's to the Star Wars theme song, which means that that song exists in universe. And so, <laughs> this is where it gets really weird. Uh, shall we? Uh, I clearly you don't have see, a little like the Lord of the Rings going taking the ring to the. Let me explain. In Lord of the Rings, we have met many bards. So if we met a bard, I bet you'd use a theme. Now, um, (laughs) I'll tell you something then, Ed. So clearly, we should sort of end on this note by having having us hear Carrie Fisher, you know, attempting to do the theme song. Let's hear Leia's final thoughts. (laughs) This holiday is yours. But we all share with you the hope that this day brings us closer to freedom and to harmony and to peace. No matter how different we appear, we're all the same in our struggle against the powers of evil and darkness. I hope that this day will always be a day of joy in which we can reconfirm our dedication and our courage, and more than anything else, our love for one another. This is the promise of the Tree of Life. Here we go. How much of this do you want? Just enough. <laughs> Just enough. I'm, I'm, see, I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing seconds ago. We have to wait. Okay, there we go. I think they get the message. It goes into the Star Wars theme with lyrics. Um, 
it's uh, it's a th- special little thing. Also, it's just the fact that it comes out of nowhere randomly at the end. It's very trippy because right after that happens, everyone's just standing around. All the Wookiees are in red robes, and then you get a, then the final shot of the movie is just a shot of Chewbacca's face being dissolved into seeing all the good bits from the first movie. <laughs> and, just, yeah. and, then, and then it cuts to the end and say, Life Day, everyone, and the special ends. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what? I know. <laughs> I know. I understood that reference. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the expression for this movie. So yeah, that was the Star Wars Holiday Special. It's, for me, I feel, before we get into the Trashometer, I feel like this is one of those weird novelties for me. And this is one of the things I like doing this show. This to me feels like it's far more interesting reading about the history behind the making of this movie and what happened after the movie than actually watching it. Um <laughs> I generally, I, I, I found it far more fascinating looking at looking at the trivia than actually sitting through this movie. Yeah. Um, so. Um, My, yeah, I agree with you. You know, when you learn about some of the trivia about some of the goings on and the reason why it is like it is, it actually kind of makes you smile compared to uh, any point in that movie where I just I, I couldn't muster one smile. I couldn't make a mile of face, not even once. See, I, I was. She's, she's got a creepy smile. See, where, you I, seen, I was. You saw Marla's smile, right? <laughs> With those human teeth. Yeah. I yeah. was. I had like. I was watching it like I had a coat hanger in my mouth the whole time. I was just like. <laughs> Just like Look at this car grinning crash. intensely because it was so bad and so hilarious. But so I, I enjoyed a, it for that reason. It's definitely a car just, crash. I was just angry. I was just angry throughout on, the whole thing. I was angry it exists. And on that note, let's uh, let's have a pause because I think it's about time we put the holiday the, the Star Wars holiday special into the trashometer. Trashometer. Thank you. So, if this is the first time you're listening to us, welcome, and and thank you for to going through this horrible, ter- torturous journey with us. But just to go through things, actually, what we like to do is we like to rate things a little bit differently around here. Like, we don't do A-stars or star ratings. We do something called a trashometer. And a trashometer is basically, think of it like a scale, a combination of a good balance of between good and evil, light and dark, Jedi and Sith, as it were. You need the right balance to, um, to really tolerate a good bad movie, right? So this is how we rate them. At the very, very bottom, we have Tame. Tame basically means that it was boring. It wasn't really bad or not really like anything trashy about it. Like it's, or, 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 we, just, or we were just bored by it, you know? Like it wasn't anything genuinely interesting about it. Then we got a tiny bit trashy. This is where there are some elements that we liked, and a, but it could have leaned on them a little bit more. We could have actually had more trash and we could have had more fun with this. Then you've got trash. This is the absolute perfect spot. It is the golden goose. It is the gobsmack center. It is the balance between light and dark that we need, damn it. This is the chosen one, right? Then you go a little bit further and now it goes to too trashy. Too trashy is where while we had some fun with it, there are moments where we're getting genuinely frustrated. It's getting actually bad. Like it's getting quite bad. And then there is torture. Torture is we hated it. It was too bad overall. It's way too much badness to really enjoy this overall right um so i'm gonna put it over to you guys first let's start with greg because greg you are sort of the you are yes a co-host but also the guest on this episode so where would you put this on the trashometer 
Uh, I would say it's not. It's not middle. It's not the. Uh, it's not the chosen one. No. I'd probably say this is. Uh, probably say this is too trashy. So it, it wasn't quite angry bad, but it wasn't. Too, it, it, I mean, it made me angry. Like I say, it made me angry at times. But then I've also got to remember when I review this that this is literally after a new hope had come out, and that was it. Yeah. So I love the Star Wars franchise with view of. You know, nine different movies, many different mm. TV shows, games, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got to remember that this is uh, the Star Wars universe before the Star Wars universe was really established. Mm. So I guess I'm angry at it because I think it's terrible. It's not what I think the Star Wars universe should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also kind of fun at times and just ridiculous and just complete nonsense. Um, mm. And it wasn't a terrible waste of an hour and 40 minutes. So, yeah, I'm going with too trashy. Okay. All right. Ed, what do you think? Um, I am going to agree with Greg in terms of the ranking. I'm going to go with too trashy as well because mm-hmm. there's a time. There's, there's times where it's, it's definitely too much. Even though I said I was smiling all the way through, it does make me angry. And the, the one thing that really makes me angry about it is the fact that I used to like Wookiees before this. I, I, I like <laughs> Chewbacca. I was a big fan of Chewbacca, right? And after mm. this, seeing the, the whole sort of too much of the Wookiees, it, it's like, you know when the Empire is trying to track down and uh, they're bullying the Wookiees and they're trying to like mm. track down... Yeah. I, I'm like, I hope they catch him. Like, good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like siding with the Empire at this day. I hated the Wookiees in this so much. And that yeah. really pisses me off. That, so that gets me up to uh, almost to torture. But like, mm. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give it... Uh, too, too trashy but I'm also going to give it this which is the seal of disapproval I've told you about this before this go for it <laughs> that is the Simpsons burp of disapproval you know what totally fair, fair. I would agree yeah. and I would I, I, think, I think it's true it kind of made me hate it kind of made me hate uh, the Wookiees as well somewhat that's probably only because the, uh, the granddad didn't really remind Itchy. me so much of the Wookiee. It actually reminded me of the Yeti in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. It was more like a Yeti than a Wookiee. So, I don't know. I, I, just, I just think they got the idea of Wookiee wrong. But. Oh, the damn Wookiee Bible. Now, I would, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be inclined to agree. Now, here's the thing. There were moments... This 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 movie this movie was a roller coaster, but not in the way I thought it would be. Number one, there were moments I had to watch this twice because the first time oh, I kind of dozed off a bit and I had to go back and rewind some stuff because the bits with the Wookies just yelling nonsense at each other was was really hard to sit through. Like it was re- that was torture. That was full torture. The segments were horribly paced and so therefore there were loads of random moments where I'm sitting there confused going or quoi like what is this <laughs> but then there was there were some levity moments that I did enjoy like I did I did like the cartoon a lot I think it's partly the saving grace of its whole thing if the cartoon wasn't in it this would just be a complete waste of time yeah. um this Jefferson Starship song in fact most of the songs do kind of bang but they don't work in this movie but I would listen to the Jefferson Starship song entirely on my own yeah, you know I'd agree um, but it's not why is it here I don't know this is Starship ah <laughs> so oh, Jesus Christ but here's the thing I would put this if I was going to put it like a thing it's definitely too it's definitely too trashy but 
I think it's pretty high. Like, this is pretty high. Like, if it was, like, you were on a, we were on a knife edge. Yeah, it's nearly in torture, isn't it? It's nearly torturous. Like, we were on a knife edge. Like, if one, if they did one more fuck up, I think we would have just gave up, right? <laughs> and so, I, I think, do we all agree that this is basically a high to trashy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Definitely. I'd say so. That's exactly where it belongs. Too trashy. <laughs> and there we go. That was that. There we go. That was the Star Wars holiday special. Um, oh God. There we have it. And and you know what? I will say this though. I am in the mood to go actually watch some more good Star Wars movies. Yeah. Mm. It, it, it might. It, like, it, yeah. Got, it got it got me in the mood for Star Wars. I will say that. So, do you, like, so has it fulfilled its duty, basically? Well, this is the question, isn't it? Yeah, that's something, I, mean, it's, I guess. It's clearly, it's clearly terrible. <laughs> it is. It, I mean, it's clearly a massive pile of hot garbage. Yeah. But it kind of also made me go, oh, you know what? I kind of missed Star Wars. I might go watch them. What does it make you want to watch? Which one? Uh, original trilogy, of course. Yeah. Empire. This makes me want to watch Empire to see, like, if this is continuity, I want to go, like, <laughs> you know, I have to put it to Empire. Well, well, this is the thing. When I watch the original trilogy, I might have to just sort of... Uh, uh, just sort of nudging this in between four and five now. Oh, do you want to though? Just to get, just to get the just to get the full chronological experience here. Right? Listen, just <sighs> it's gonna hate it. On the way I wanted. To- <laughs> You'll have to come over and watch the original VHS because I've got that. Oh, you've got it, haven't you? I know. I, I said this the first time I went around to Ed's house. I was so jealous that you actually had that because I've never seen the original, original, original. Mm. The one without any the one, of the extra stuff yeah, in the nineties. The one that basically hasn't been tampered. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a that, that that's that's a treat you could do for another Christmas. Here's something I will say though, like you know, obviously, you know, I'm sorry that I I may I'm sorry I've done this Christmas tradition of putting both like t- t- two of my best buddies through torture over Christmas because look, if if I'm not able to give you full blown presents, sometimes I have to give you something, and so I gave you this, <laughs> especially you, Greg. Ed's Congratulations. Good, Thanks very much. Oh, well, Ed was the really lucky boy last year when he got that lovely playlist from you. Yeah, really <laughs> oh, me. That was, that yeah. was something. It had it had, it had every it had everything in the kitchen sink. It was hilariously bad. Um, so, you know, it's it's a thing. I I I, I like doing this together because the whole mm. point of watching a bad movie of any kind is you kind of need to be with do it to have to share the experience in one way or another. Now we weren't we weren't able to do it in person, but it was funny that we we're all we were all here in a very festive mood talking about how crap Wookiee's teeth looked. Um, so yeah, yeah I'm That's definitely looking forward. I'm definitely looking forward to doing more like three way podcasts. Oh god, we have to With find some us. more then. We're gonna have to do some more at some point. We're gonna we have to sound sexual. Hey, hey, look, it's gonna be it's gonna be a it's gonna be like a an image de trois kind of kind of situation here. But yeah, it's um it would it would be nice, honestly, that we have some things. We just need to find some some episodes that best fit. So we might have to start going back to some more video game movies at some point. Uh, maybe something more related to what you maybe have played or watched at some point, Greg, so you could be a bit more of a filler in well, between. We've had, this, we've had this idea. I mean, we, we can do, obviously do some video game-related stuff, um, mm-hmm. which is obviously something we, we have done in the past as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing we've also spoke about is also maybe going back and actually watching some uh, terrible wrestling pay-per-views. Oh, <laughs> oh God. What, what, are we talking like Heroes of Wrestling, for example? Maybe, or? yeah, we could do that. Or I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be trashy. But 
you know, there's 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 plenty of really really bad ones out there. If you well, dig deep enough, you can certainly. Oh, find actually, them. I think I was the perfect movie for that. De- not not De- a pay per view. De- December for, December to December, ECW 2009. That's pretty bad. But do you know what's worse? Uh, wrestlers versus zombies, which is a whole movie. <laughs> Starts Kurt Angle in it. <laughs> it's no, Kurt Angle no. putting zombies in a chokehold. So I think we've got that movie. That I think they, 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 they did. They did that as soon as, as, as recent as this year. Backlash this year. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. They did that. That's a good link. Congratulations. So yeah, that's a segue. We totally have to do wrestlers versus zombies. It has it has it has a cornucopia of wrestling legends all putting wrestlers put all putting zombies in chokeholds. So. Let's do it. That's going to be great. But yeah, um, I think that is everything. But before we disappear, uh, let, let, let's let's do any plugins of anything we're going to be doing before we drop you off over the festive period. So, is there anything we should be plugging at all over the festive period before we before I say our goodbyes for 2021? Well, I mentioned briefly at the beginning. We've re- mm. Johan and I have recorded uh, a Batman Returns uh, special video for the yeah. Retro Rewind channel. And that's mm. a, a new kind of uh, series that we've started where we we talk about movie games as well as the movie. So we we, we, we watch our favourite scenes from the movie and we play two of the 16-bit games, the Super Nintendo one and the Sega Mega Drive or Genesis yeah, one. I'll talk about the Sega Mega one again because that is... <laughs> and then we just decide which, in terms of enjoyment level, which we had more fun with, watching the movie again or playing the game. And that's it. And simple couple, simple format. There's a couple of few there we can always throw in there, and there's things that's quite quite good to see as well. And Greg, is there anything? Uh, Greg, how's uh, things involving Twitch? How's how do you think that's all going? It's going okay. I mean, I've not been able to. Oh man, when it comes to doing stuff uh, with you guys, it's been pretty thin on the ground from my side of things because I've been very busy with my uh, with my day job. Of course. Um, so working in games, especially around this time, it's it's all going a bit crazy. So mm. it's uh, not really able to do a great deal on Twitch. However, we are finding you know Sundays. Most weekends on a Sunday, where we've been doing a lot of multiplayer games. So we've mm. been doing uh, first class trouble over the last couple of weeks, which has been a lot of fun. Which has been yeah. nice to do. We are looking to do four guys very soon as well. Mm-hmm. And then after that, in the new year, Johan and I were probably going to be doing Portal Two multiplayer. I can't wait for that <laughs> because this is the thing. You've already played Portal Two very recently. Yes. I I I played the multiplayer, but it was years ago. So I'm like kind of this old sort of sifu having to say like you've got to put the portal there. <laughs> And it's like, are you sure? I don't know. The portal should be there. I think it's there. We've got to put the thing, it there. The thing is, though, you might have played it many years ago, but portal requires a very special kind of mindset. And you've mm. got to get back into the portal mindset and the portal way of thinking. Mm. And that does take a bit of time to actually get there. So even if you did play it a few years ago, I feel like you might still go into it again. Mm. This time. Like, like completely true. And that's true. But we're also thinking as well that very soon we have actually had a lot of streams and we've actually had a lot of footage and videos that we had from the old YouTube channel. So very soon we're actually hoping to put all that up officially re-edited and uploaded onto the Twitch channel so you can actually have a look at some of our old content on Enigmatic Play Archive which I'm quite excited because some some of the videos were really really fun to look at and some of the streams were really fun and it's just kind of nice to go back and have a look at the nonsense because we had a lot of nonsense <laughs> nice to uh, to have it there forever on the internet and here's the thing actually uh, one and this is something basically saying um, my kids know that I stream now so okay as in my, my oh, uh, it, oh as in, in, in your day job kids yeah 
Right. Okay. Yeah. So my kids know I stream now, which is hilarious. Because do you know where we I thought, sons? I, thought, I don't know about you, Ed, but I was just thinking. I have what? children. What? No. But yeah, yeah, the audience, you mean years. students? <laughs> yes, my kids. I call them my kids. My children, but my thing. So yeah, uh, they know I stream now. Which is, do you remember that time we actually were playing First Class Trouble, and suddenly we had like thirty people in. That's my oh, yeah. class figuring out that I streamed and they were looking at me for like 25 minutes or something. <laughs> they were just looking. So, they, so yeah, did, my whole... Did, did happen to, who, who's that really cool guy who keeps killing everyone who's really good at this game? Did that Fuck you. Oh, God. I mean, the footage, that, that's all been saved and that's going to be edited at some point to watch Greg's betrayal. I've saved them. I've saved them. I've saved them all. I've saved them all, so it'll be hilarious to see how you backstab me multiple times. But anyway, but yeah, uh, other than that, then basically, uh, this is going to be the end for the trash tapes for this year. We kind of just refreshed the new season because we want to approach things differently. And I think the way we're doing it now is going to be a lot easier for productivity, both for myself and everything else. And yeah, we've got ideas for the new year. There might be an extra podcast coming in where it's mostly myself and any someone else where we look at trashy movies that are actually good maybe that's a whole different argument to look at um and also just approaching it in a way that there's loads of interesting movies loads of stuff i bought let's say a whole bunch of stuff from arrow recently so there's a lot of stuff that's gonna come out of that one and and overall just going with the paces going with the flow just having content out on a semi-regular basis without feeling that extra pressure because at the end of the day this is supposed to be fun and the more fun that it, the fun should be when I'm arranging with my friends to watch terrible shit with me so that's why you guys are here this should never feel like work exactly no so and that's what it is so yeah wonderful so everyone thank you very very much for joining me on this um, on this very special festive episode thank you very much uh, Greg thank you very much for that thank you for having me and Ed obviously thank you for always being the soundboard my DJ and my victim for having to go through this nonsense with me no problem happy life day guys Happy Life Day, and on that, and on that bombshell. Everybody, every, everybody get your candles out. Come on, everybody get your candles out. It's time for us to teleport into red robes. And on that note, and on that note, we shall say, Happy Life Day, everyone, and keep an eye on your trash. There might be some treasure in there. See you guys next time. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thank you. 
thank you for listening to this podcast episode and hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it around with movie lovers you know, maybe add a star rating or write a good review. All of this helps with the algorithm and provides us with more opportunities to reach the ears to a whole new bunch of bad film fanatics. Want to find out more about us? Then head over to our socials where we provide sneak peeks and up-to-date news on everything nostalgic and trashy. You can find our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages in the description. So please, follow us. See you next time, cinephiles.